Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Digitally Uploaded Podcast. I've had an awful lot of coffee, so I'm particularly wired and in a very good mood today. I'm Matt Sainsbury, Editor-in-Chief of that website thing. Um, and with me this week, we have Trent. Hello, Trent. Hello. And we also have Ginny. Hello, hey. Ginny. Hi. So this week has been a very good week. It's been Dead or Alive week. Yay, Dead or Alive is the best thing ever. I love Dead or Alive so much. So, so much. It's been making me very happy, as um, everybody on the digitally downloaded Slack knows mm-hmm. um, and Twitter. And uh, I'm sure I've shared enough screenshots that um, even if you haven't played the game now, you know all about it. Not enough um, screenshots. Not enough <laughs> screenshots? Okay, I can do more screenshots just for you, Ginny. Oh, um, <laughs> no, it's a really great game. I absolutely love it. I do have a huge review on digitallydownloaded.net and stuff. And yeah, it's it's really good. It's the game I've been looking forward to most so far this year, and it didn't disappoint by any means. Um, but in terms of the news that happened this week, uh, I think the big bit of news that I think we can all agree on was that Pokemon, new Pokemon was announced, and the new Pokemon announcement came with the announcement of the three starter Pokemon that you can choose between, and they're all pretty good pokes, I think. Mm-hmm. Am, I, I, am I wrong there, or are they pretty good pokes? They look pretty good to me. Everyone's attaching themselves to the, like, the water one, because the water one's apparently a depressed uh, emo crying Pokemon, and, uh, yes. and the, the expectation is going to evolve into something like a cry lizard or something. I mean, that is like very on brand for me. So, yes, I, I do identify as a depressed lizard. <laughs> I don't know. It's really cute. Okay, I really like him. Like, yeah, I normally he's, he's go cute. for like the grass starters, but I really, really enjoy this one. So, I mean, he's no Piplup. Piplup's still the greatest Pokemon ever made. Mm. Don't even start on me. He is. Oh, okay. this, is this is fact. This is no, not. This is not actually. <laughs> Subjective opinion. This is an actual fact. Pip- the the only Pokemon <laughs> game I didn't go for a grass starter was the one where there was a frog. Because I have a weird obsession in Pokemon. I collect all the frogs. Wow, and that is pretty weird. I, there's like about four or five of them now, if you don't count like all the evolved forms. So, yeah, I, I've got like a whole party full of Pokemon, which are frogs. Which reminds me, there are too many frogs. There aren't enough uh, ducks. There needs to be more ducks. Mm, no, I think we can do with no ducks. Like what? just that's you know, that's a blasphemy. Just based on the unfortunate no- knowledge of duck genitalia, I think we can do without any ducks. Just no, no we, ducks we forever. Unlimited ducks. Psyduck is pretty good. Farfetch'd is even better. Farfetch is not a duck. It's a duck. It's kind of like a weird, like hybrid, fucking. Oh, Ginny, dude, it's a duck. <laughs> okay. It's a, totes, it's a totes duck. All right. Okay. All right. Someone's very aggressive this no, okay. morning. Okay, time time to be uh, a little bit informative on the podcast. But you know where that that design comes from, right? The leak that Farfetch carries around is a joke in Japan about uh, ducks carrying the spring onion because you cook them together and they're pretty good. So mm-hmm. if, if a duck's carrying a spring onion, it's like it, it's a duck that wants to be cooked. It's a joke in Japan. It's a big thing. Um, and Farfetch is basically that joke. Oh in, right, so in a Pokemon the, design. Yeah, the inference. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's I a total, he's he's an absolute duck. See, the problem with duck meat, though, is it's very bony, so it's, like, the best meat, and it's really good if you get, like, with a little bit of orange sauce and all that other fun stuff, but it's what? a really it's a really bony meat, so, like, half okay. the time you just don't have okay. any. Okay. Right. <laughs> I, I don't eat duck because I like ducks, so that's a pretty that's a pretty good thing that I didn't need to know about, Trent. Um, okay, Ginny, what about you? What's your news pick for the week? Okay, so my news pick, I suppose, is the fact that Stardew Valley Esports is apparently a thing. So um, I think a couple of days ago, uh, Stardew Valley hosted its very first esports event where people were competing against each other to complete like a bunch of gold or bundles or achievements within the game. And they had people like commentating it and people sort of like shout casting, <laughs> people collecting materials in the game. So um I found that pretty interesting that there was actually like enough of an audience that Twitch thought this is a great idea. We're going to host it. People tuned in and people like actively shout cast the game as if it was League or Dota and like yelled about people farming and fishing and spelunking and doing stuff in the mines and whatnot. So um, I think it's just so antithetical to the way that I play Stardew Valley, which is like as a really relaxing farming simulator that I found that really, really interesting. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it sounds better to be as an eSport than Overwatch or League of Legends or whatever. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> just throwing that out there. I don't know. I suppose, I mean, yeah, I mean, less toxicity, I suppose, inherently I mean, playing if, Stardew if Valley. They're gonna do, if they're going to do farming simulator eSports, why not? Those Stardew Valley as well. Mm, it could work. Yeah, it could exactly. work. I'm still waiting for Hatsune Miku to go eSports. E oh, yeah? You all know I'm going to go pro when that happens. I feel like you could have you actually have like the professional experience. Like you'd meet all the criteria to go pro. <laughs> I, I'd be very worried if I wasn't competitive on the world stage with Hatsune Miku after a thousand hours or whatever it is. Exactly. The last one. Ridiculous. Uh Trent, what about you? Tell us about well, your news. Well, mine's about Plague Inc. I'm gonna actually say the game name because once I just didn't I went on a whole tirade and didn't say what Assassin's Creed it was, and uh you know it's for Plague Inc. So Plague Inc. is getting a awesome new mode eventually once the developers figure out how they're going to put it into the game because it's really complicated. Uh, they're going to put some anti-vaxxers in because Ooh. there was a petition and the petition was tweeted by the developers and they said, if you reach like 10,000 you know, signatures on this petition, we'll consider it. And it reached well over that and now they're going to whack it in the game at some point. Yeah, so for people who haven't played Plague Inc. before, where have you been for the last six years? But mm -hmm. it's um, it's a really good little kind of casual strategy game, I guess, in which your goal is to basically wipe out humanity by using a plague, uh, by creating a plague and then mutating the plague. So the plague always stays one step ahead of the scientists trying to come up with a cure for it. It's really good fun if you call the plague Donald Trump. It works every time. <laughs> Um, it really does. It's great. It's just, it, it's great fun watching the infection that is Trump slowly kill the entire human population, which is pretty similar to what he's actually doing in the real world. But anyway, um, yeah, Plaguing is a really good little strategy game. And the idea of having anti-vaxxers in there to, I guess, inhibit the efforts of humanity to <laughs> come up with cures <laughs> is, is pretty on point. So good on them for that. And it's impressive that a game that's six years old has still got enough of a following that they're looking at doing major major additions to it so good mm. on them. definitely yeah. play plague inc it's good yeah the problem is the developers have to work out how to put it in because yeah um if, it'll make if, it way if, too easy <laughs> way too easy yeah so I, I imagine there'll be some sort of like statistic about like education which is also crossed with like location and a bunch of other like statistical stuff for like the areas and population and then suddenly it gets too complicated but it then results in like a value which says is this person going to be like an anti-vaxxer or not and then it's a little bit more realistic possibly yeah on that note, we're going to go to some Hatsune Miku music and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about something actually which has a lot to do with plagues, <laughs> funnily great. enough. So we'll be back right after this very happy music to talk about something very unhappy.
All right, everybody, we are back. Thank you very much for listening to that lovely bit of Hatsune Miki music and staying with us. Now we're going to talk about something that's a little bit less bright and chipper. Um, we're going to talk about A Plague Tale. Now, A Plague Tale is an upcoming uh, game. I don't even know what exactly genre it is. What I do know about it is it's actually about the Black Death and you play as a young girl that needs to protect her brother, I believe. Yep. Mm -hmm. Needs to protect her even younger brother in a world in which the Inquisition is running around doing all kinds of nasty stuff. And there are rats carrying the most horrible plague that humanity's ever seen everywhere. And somehow you need to try and survive in that world. Um, it's obviously a very interesting one. I've been quite keen on it ever since I saw the trailers for it and stuff. And we've actually had the opportunity to get hands-on time with the first couple of hours of the game or at least Ginny has. I gave her the code, and um, <laughs> she's going to tell us all about it. Uh, unfortunately, there are a couple of spoilery things we can't talk about, <laughs> even within the first two hours of the game, but um, I think Ginny will know how to talk around that. So off you go, Ginny. Tell us all about The Plague Tale. Okay, so just in case people are unfamiliar with The Plague Tale and Matt's description um, doesn't really, like, sort of, I suppose, jig your memory. So It's it okay. You can say that it was a terrible description. <laughs> it was a great description, but just just so we're all on the same page here. So this is this is a, a stealth based game, a stealth game essentially, like sticks, um, just with less stabbing. Um, where you play as a child, try to protect your brother, as Matt said, and you're in like 14th century France, so you are being chased by the Inquisition while the Black Death basically sweeps across the country. And everything is terrible. Everything is horrific. Like, I think if people remember the 2017 E3 trailer that we all watched, it just looked like a nightmare. Like, every, there were rats everywhere, just like the whole land, complete chaos, awful stuff. And so when I kind of first popped into the game, I wasn't sure where they'd put me. Like, I didn't know if it'd be like, okay, everything is awful from the get-go. You have to survive because you're like a street urchin or something. Or if it was going to be something a little bit more... I suppose, painful. And obviously they went for painful. Um, <laughs> so essentially you play um, Amicia Laroon. Um, I'm pronouncing that horribly because it's a French name, French studio. Like the voice acting is on point. Uh, don't ask me how to pronounce French anything. But um, so Amicia Laroon, and you play as this like privileged, I guess, noble daughter of um a minor lord in france and so you have your father owns all these grounds these like hunting grounds and whatnot and it kind of like throws you into like a very very nice sort of like father daughter interaction you know you your dad and your hunting dog just kind of hanging out in the woods having a good time you know bonding about stuff that you need to do where you have to get home to the estate it's all very like normal the game teaches you the mechanics very slowly um, and so it lets you explore what feels like a very vibrant world. Like it's, I have just really, really stressed that this game is all about the atmosphere. You, this is not a game that you can play without having headphones in. Like you, the sound is incredibly important. You use sound to track things. There are no maps. It's just, you really have to keep your ears and your eyes peeled. And I think the tutorial does a really, really good job of making you do that in a low pressure setting. But literally within the first 20 minutes, it all goes to shit. Like, it, I'm not even kidding. It will all go to shit. Like, I thought, preview a couple of hours, how much can they really cover? Turns out, a whole lot. <laughs> Just a lot. A lot of suffering. A lot of death. A lot of, I mean, insanity. It's just... Um, it's a real tonal 180, I think, in the game. And it, it gets you from the point... That you it gets you from this very idyllic sort of existence to the point in the trailer very very quickly you almost get whiplash basically from how fast it does it but it never feels like it took too little time i feel like the way that the game builds sort of like a very general sense of dread through music through interaction through like making the player helpless i think all that is unfolded and sort of stepped through very very well in the atmosphere and also in the narrative to the point whereby it feels organically okay to have gotten from point A to point Z, the Black Death, <laughs> in a very short space of time. So, 
I mean, just from my experience of what I've seen of it, I I don't know how historically accurate the armor is in the game. Like, I don't think the Inquisition were particularly decked out like the Wild Hunt from Witcher 3, but I'm sure there's been creative liberties somewhere. Whatever it is, the game looks amazing. It, it plays amazing. And it, I, I really, really think that the full title is going to blow me out of the water. So, How, um, how narrative-driven do you reckon it is? I mean, obviously, you've only had a couple of hours in, but do you think it's going to be more gameplays-focused stealth game or, or a game that's really using the stealth as a way of uh i i guess taking you from point a to point b in the story itself from what i've seen so far it definitely looks like the south is just a vehicle um yeah. it's it's sort of the way that you're forced to to play um because of some of your character limitations but those limitations are also story plot points themselves so it's interesting actually sort of like developing your character's arsenal in certain ways or having to navigate the world in certain ways because of your character's changing condition. And yeah. um, I find that interesting because all the changes are sort of narrative, um, imperative to the narrative in a way, so. And how how empowered do you feel like you are? Because I guess when I think of the Black Death, um, <laughs> not, that, not that I was actually there during that time, um, <laughs> maybe, maybe one of my previous lives I was, but when I think about what the Black Death sounds like to me as a kind of experience it would be something like like the people that were there would feel very much like they're they're in a helpless situation um you know they'd be very nihilistic about the in their outlook of the world and you'd feel like you're completely powerless to do anything about it so i mean when you're playing this do you do you feel like you're empowered as this character does she feel like she's some kind of you know superhero of stealth <laughs> <laughs> oh god no you oh, are very vulnerable <laughs> yeah i mean you're playing a literal child so just just to keep that in mind i guess for everyone that's listening you are playing a child and therefore you have the appropriate limitations um you are playing a child looking after a child and like anyone who has ever had to hurt a small child knows they are not stealthy right <laughs> <laughs> a, a four-year-old a five-year-old is even up to the age of seven if you're like you know Hey Jono, shut up. The kid's not gonna do it. All right. Like you're gonna, there's gonna be a there's a fundamental disconnect between herding around a small, tired, hungry, scared, angry child and the concept of stealth. And I think the game plays into that really, really well. You're not only trying to keep yourself hidden, you're trying to wrangle this younger brother of yours. And that is a lot of where the challenge lies. Mechanically, it's it's about guiding yourself and this other person through obstacles. Unlike a lot of games that let you kind of like escort players somewhere, this game requires you to actively help him and direct him. Like you need to like physically lift him over things and it slows you down and takes time and makes you visible. Like all the actions that you need to take to like order the kid around or like get him to places, take up time and add danger because you can't defend yourself. If the enemy spots you and they're close enough, that's it. So it, it really is a game, I think, that that makes the most of the helplessness of being a child in a situation like that. Because, like, you're right, <coughs> the Black Death, <coughs> sorry, the Black Death, incredibly oppressive, awful experience. And that is sort of how the game builds the atmosphere. You go into this village very, very early on um, after some events in the story and you know everyone closes their doors to you basically people tell you to get out get lost and it's like the the way that the game forces you down certain paths in this village organically by you know having clattering sounds here or people arguing there or ambient dialogue here about people fleeing the town it's just the, the game creates a very very unfriendly atmosphere like there is nothing in the game world that you can use to defend yourself that you don't feel like you've had to earn in some way. You have very little offensive capability. All you can do is distract, run, and pray for the best, which I think is the best kind of stealth game because, I mean, even in sticks, if you're spotted, you've got a knife, right? Shank him to death. You can't do that here. This is all about survival. And it, I mean that in like the purest sort of way because you're two children. It crystallizes the survival element in the best way possible. And what about the rats? Because I think anybody who sees those trailers will have the rats. Oh, yeah. Swarms the rats. Maybe the most memorable. 
memorable thing about that. Are they really as terrifying in the game as they look, or can you just like find a cat somewhere? Drop it down, and you know that deals with that problem. Is that? I mean, is, is it terrifying? To the rats are the absolute worst, even worse than when I saw them on screen the first time. I I heard the chittering of the rats. I nearly lost it. Honestly, <laughs> no. Like this game is a wonder of sound design. Like I I cannot stress this enough. All the ambient noise from from the footsteps of people, from the chittering of rats, from twigs snapping, from the sound of a torch being lit. This game is a masterpiece in sound design. And it is so, so good at building dread. When you hear, you know, the rats chittering, you hear like a sort of like far off sound of a wounded animal or like a wounded person, or you just hear like a far off scream. Like, you know, someone that was previously aggressive to you suddenly, I don't know, disappears or enemies that were chasing you, you know, it's like yelling for help or the ground or someone nearby goes, oh, I think the ground's moving. Like just the way that they build up these moments. The rats often appear out of nowhere, but the game really signposts them for you in the lead up to that. And you start getting paranoid. You keep thinking, okay, wait, is that sound a rat? Like, is that going to be a rat? Is that going to be a rat? And it's just, it's never just one rat. That's a problem. It's like 5,000 at a time. It's <laughs> never just one rat. And these rats are so destructive in their power. They incinerate things in seconds basically and it's just that i think is a real is the really terrifying part it's not sort of being clobbered to death by some inquisition soldier it's what's implied when the rats catch you that's far worse than just being beheaded by a guy with a sword right it's the implication it's the way that the sound continues when the screen fades to black and you just imagine and hear the way that things have been devoured in the past by the rats the game uses sound repetition very very effectively to make them the worst enemy of all. And I think that makes sense because the rats are really symbolically the black death for all intents and purposes in this game. It's how they're represented. So for the rats to be the most terrifying part is is genius. It, it makes sense. So would you say it's an actual horror game or is it I more would, a historical mm, piece that's particularly dark? <laughs> I would probably consider it a historical piece that's particularly dark just because the way that I feel the story is going is going to end up being empowering in some way or you're going to survive or something good is going to happen. You know, it's not going to be the Black Death forever. Um, but then again, I could be wrong. Like I said, I'm only a couple hours in. The full thing could end in tragedy. Who knows? You know, that might even be the worst, best way to end it, sorry. If you struggle through the Black Death for a, a X amount of story years and then succumb to some rat bite, that would really sort of capture the spirit of the era, I suppose. So... Um then I guess just a final question: How um, how explicit is the violence? Is it is it gory? Um, it's there's a bit of there's quite a there's a bit of violence. I mean, you do see people die, but I think that the game keeps the focus so much on you having to wrangle yourself and your brother that you're never really close enough to the violence to to see it play out explicitly because if you're that close and you know you're dead in like half a second you don't really get to see the aftermath of it there are though some particularly uncomfortable scenes like if any if anyone listening has played the witcher 3 and thought that there were some pretty over-the-top uh distasteful executions this will kind of be like that um, I mean, it is medieval France, you know, people used to do all sorts of weird fucked up shit back then to people that they thought were witches or bears of the plague or whatever. So I will keep that in mind as well. And the Inquisition obviously were awful. Um, <laughs> that's, I, guess, I guess that's the thing I was, I mean, I, I figured that the rats would probably be, you know, I mean, you know what you kind of expect with rats being an all devouring kind of swarm yeah. of things. So you can mm -hmm. kind of imagine what, you can kind of visualize what that would look like if exactly. they catch someone. But yeah, I, I was interested in how the Inquisition would be depicted because, I mean, historically they weren't nice. Yeah. <laughs> by I any mean, means. Um, yeah. And I was just interested to see how far the developers would go with showing just how unpleasant the Inquisition was. Mm. A lot of strategic cuts um, when it comes to the murder, like a lot of strategic camera cuts when it comes to killing and stuff in the game and cutscenes anyway. But a lot of casual violence, you see a lot of like the village people being terrorized and stuff by the Inquisition. And you see a lot of the Inquisition just kind of like roaming around, torching things. And I think that they use more like an environmental set piece at the moment from what I've experienced. But obviously that could change. Um, so 
yeah, I would say no explicit Inquisition murder um, that you're forced to sit through a witness. Um, but that might also be because the majority of stuff that I've played that's available early to you is you protecting your younger brother from the horrors of the world. So a lot of strategic camera cuts, like I said. Sure. Cool. Well, um, certainly interested in the game. Um, you've sold me on it. Not that I wasn't already sold on it, but I'm resold on it. Um, mm. I believe it comes out in what, two months or three months or so. It's not that far away now. Um, and definitely keep this one on your radar. I think it's actually not on a lot of people's radars because it is that kind of double A indie, you know, high production value indie game as opposed to a triple A whatever crap. Um, I think this one deserves to be on people's radars more than it is. And I'm sure we'll hear more about it in the lead up to the release. Yeah. On that note, we're going to go to some music. We probably won't be able to find any music from that game. So no. <laughs> let's just find... like this, just the sound of rats chittering away for like 10 minutes. <laughs> um, let's... Some ambient mi Miku music in the background. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we'll... you know what? We'll use some music from, uh, Hellblade, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that's another double A in you know indie whatever good yeah. quality game thing that was off a lot of people's radars and is actually very good music. Amazing. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. So we'll use that music and we'll come back and we'll talk about something a little bit brighter. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about another Nintendo mobile game. And welcome back, everybody. So this week in Australia and New Zealand, uh, Nintendo released Dragalia Lost, which is its mobile game. It's its first original IP on mobile, isn't it? It's not. It's the first time that they've original, done, a, yeah. Yeah, done an original game on mobile. So it's been out in other parts of the world for a while now, but Australians and New Zealanders have finally had their chance to have some hands-on time with it mm -hmm. um and that's obviously what we've all been doing and we're going to talk about it since this is our first impressions of the game and the first thing i've got to say is the music makes me want to drill a big drill into my brain just to make it go away uh, <laughs> and i mean that in the nicest possible sense of the phrase because um the music's really good it's it's too catchy it's brutally catchy it's painfully catchy and I just think about the music all the time when I'm not playing the game. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, I found myself humming the loading screen theme just continuously, didn't even realize. So just, you know, waking up, going about my day, hadn't played Dragalia Lost in like maybe seven hours or while I was asleep, do the dishes, start humming something. And I'm like, oh my God, 
That's that's the loading screen thing. That's the one that do 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 do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the one. And I'm just oh, like, I can't get that song out of my head. It's actually ridiculous. And this doesn't happen to me normally. Like, I mean, I love a good mobile game, but it's just Dragalia Lost has really kind of like captured me. Not even because I think the story is particularly captivating. Like, I mean, I mean it that. Probably isn't. It's, <laughs> it's on not any at level. All. <laughs> It is not at all. Like, it is honestly uh, a, just a, a, I would say, just a very sort of... Ticker box. Yeah, it's like it's like a box-ticking hack, hack and slash feeling <laughs> game. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing about the, nothing about the game is unexpected to me, but that doesn't, that hasn't somehow affected my enjoyment of it. I keep coming back to it. Like, it's just catchy. I'm not surprised by anything by any means, but it just feels good to play. It's the production values of it. Like, it really is just one of those weird games that's so appealing because it's so charming. Mm, <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I don't even like it. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't like this game. It's not a good game. It's the the, the levels are so short and they're so um, arbitrary in the sense that all you do is press one button to attack. Uh, well, not one button. You just tap the screen and you attack and you just tap, 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 tap and it, everything dies and, you know, level over. And uh, the only thing that will stop you is if you don't have enough power for that level, in which case the enemies will just swamp you and you'll be dead. Uh, mm. there's, there's no skill involved. There's no there, there's no thought involved. There's no strategy involved. It is just play through these really short levels, collect the loot, kill everything, then do it again and again and again. And that is so common for mobile phone games. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the reasons I don't play many of them. But this one I can't stop playing because it is just so well presented. It drives me nuts how well presented it is and how I keep finding myself go back to it when I could be playing something better like Dead or Alive. Um, or Pokemon Go. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't play Pokemon Go anymore. Wow. I, I lost the magic of Pokemon Go about four years ago. Um, I loved Magic Cup Jump until I uh, got uh, reformatted my phone and lost my save after spending so much money on that game. And now I'm angry at Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. But um, Dragalia lost. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think it's a great game, but I think it's so well presented that I, I can't stop playing it. And that's that's confusing and frustrating, but also very enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, maybe it's Stockholm syndrome, but I, I'm quite I'm quite enamored to this game. I don't know why entirely. It sort of reminds me of um, what's that um, 3DS um, uh, game, which was sort of like a you know sort of game which everyone really really likes like the hero one which was like an online one what was that not sure I have absolutely no idea which one you were talking about trent point is there was a 3ds game <laughs> it looked it was dark and creepy i think it was a square inks game was it or i don't know what? it was i'm telling you this game exists it was sort of like a I, 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 I don't game. doubt that but like i just i just it, don't know what you're talking about at all i mean if you mean children of mana it wasn't Oh, it, it, was, it, it was it was like a Diablo clone. It was like, um, you yeah, know, Children, Children of Mana. That was on the DS. No, anyway, 3DS. That's, it that's was the all. One, <laughs> that's the one I have. The like, if I'm to compare Dragalia Lost to anything else that I've played, it's most like um, Children of Mana, which was a DS. I think it was DS. Yeah, DS. Um, top-down kind of action game thingy that Square Enix produced, which was vaguely like Diablo, I guess. But, um, mm. yeah, it's it's not it's not like any other console game because it's too simple. <laughs> it's uh, Dragalia Lust is just too simple. It doesn't have any any skill involved in playing it, and it's got all those gacha mechanics and all that kind of stuff in there. Um, I've gone to my game collection, Heroes of Ruin, and even better, it was by Square Inc., so I'm not crazy. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, bye. it's nothing. It's nothing like here. It's nothing like here as a ruin. Well, what I mean is, in terms of that, like really, like ma some basic maze like characters. Uh, this is not even maze like. There's no maze here, <laughs> my no friend. Maze. You've just it's... got a couple. You've got a couple of corridors to wander around, and um, yeah, it's a very linear path yeah. that the mini map it's, shows it's, you. It's the Doom maze kind of a uh, start yeah. gameplay design. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I don't think that's. I don't think that's. Um, the right comparison there, Trent. I think 
Yeah, because the levels are over in less than a minute as well. They're just yeah. super short and they're designed just to be looped and you play one after the other, after the other, after the other. Collect some resources, do some gacha, get some level up, level ups for your character and then go and do it again. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I do like the art style of the game. I think it's quite charming and bright and happy. And that goes well with the music, I guess. <laughs> It's very charming. Um, yeah, it really, it really is. Um, and I'm really enjoying all the summons that I found so far. Like they're probably not particularly rare or anything, but like I think that every character sprite that I've looked at has looked really appealing to me. And like I like that the art style is consistent across the board. And it's just gameplay-wise, my one complaint is that I think the the game breaks the flow of the combat too much. Like you'll get like one, you'll get like a mission where it's like, oh, time to go kill this thing. And then the next, I guess, mini storyline bit is like, oh, yeah, go click on some meaningless dialogue for another minute before you go into another stage where you kill something else for 45 seconds. I feel like if maybe they spaced out that stuff better, it would kind of, you wouldn't break up the flow of the combat as much if you were just like going from killing mission to story that no one's listening to, to Killing Mission, to story that no one's well, listening to. Well, that's why there's a skip button which gives a great summary about all the boring dialogue and you just click proceed and you're done. Well, that's, that's <laughs> true, but then I feel like I'm missing integral part of the experience, you know? Yeah, I, I never skip past things the first time I play them either. I, yeah. I, even if they're bad, like they are in Dragalia Lost, I still have Yeah, to, I just want to know what I they still are. still have to know what they are. So, yeah. yeah, I know that skip button's there, which is great, but I, I agree with you. It's weird to me that they've got kind of levels uh, yeah. icons where you click on the level icon but rather than play an actual level you have a three Story minute yeah. yeah they could have just bookended you know missions with that i reckon and that yeah. would have been a smarter way of doing it and mm -hmm. it would have meant that you felt like you were doing more within the context of each mission so yeah, you have exactly. you know two minutes of story then a minute's mission rather than have a minute's mission and then the next level is a two minute story thing it breaks it up a little bit too much for me for sure, um yeah. But yeah, I, I like the characters. Uh, I still haven't got a Twin Tails, which is very disappointing to me. Very I've, disappointing. I've seen, I, I can see her on the loading screen. Every time, yeah, every time the Infernal a, music plays, I see her. I know she exists. <laughs> there is a Twin Tails in there, but I'm waiting. I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah, and me too. How much longer? <laughs> <laughs> the character art is nice, though. It is nice. Yeah, I, I think it really, really suits the, what they were going for. Like when I first saw all the trailers for Dragalia Lost and I first saw all the, the promo material and stuff, like this is exactly what I expected. Like it's nothing that nothing that I didn't think I was going to get. Um, it's, and, very, yeah. it's very side game style rather than Nintendo style, I would say, though. Yeah, I think so. But I think it's good that they collaborated with side games because they're quite an experienced mobile game developer. Like, it could have gone very easily wrong based on Nintendo's other previous endeavors. Like, I don't know, Super <laughs> Mario Run and Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Like, so. And Fire how, Emblem Heroes. How do, how do you guys not like these games? <laughs> well, I mean, it's just. I think compared to the compared to the games that they, they are spun off of, those I think don't really have the full Nintendo quality feel. Like it just feels like Nintendo just thought we'll slap a quarter of what people care about in any of these franchises onto some template and just go hard there. This actually feels like a fully fledged Nintendo game to scale down for the phone. The problem is this game isn't trying to sell a Switch version. Like the, mm -hmm. All the other Nintendo games, they're trying to sell a Switch version or something down the pipeline. So they don't want to give you the full experience. They want to give you like, oh, Animal Crossing, I do this, I do this. Oh, I'm attached to like all the collecting all the stuff. Oh, I'll get the full version of Animal Crossing. And then it's like this huge RPG world or Mario. It's like, oh, sort of like a weird Mario Maker, like in terms of like the level design is very basic and simple. And it gets you hooked. You're like, oh, this is quick. This is easy. And then you get the full version and then you're like, hey, this is pretty cool. Like, that sort of seems to be their idea there. So I think that's probably why the Nintendo games feel more like they're trying to sell something. So they're less finessed as a complete game. Whereas this feels, okay, it's not trying to sell a Switch version. So it's can have you know a more detailed story it can have you know great soundtrack it can have you know a more thought out rpg like you know battling system with the touchscreen like that sort of thing 
I wonder. I wonder because I'm not sure. I don't feel much of a Nintendo touch in there at all. I think Nintendo threw some money at it <laughs> mm. uh, and lent their brand to it because, especially in the West, I think um, Cygames doesn't have anywhere near the brand as Nintendo does. But Cygames sure. themselves are very interested in console development because um, Cygames is the developer behind Grand Blue Fantasy. Mm -hmm. And Grand Blue Fantasy has a particularly good-looking JRPG in development for PlayStation 4 at the moment. Um, so I wonder if this isn't something, the Dragalia Loss is not the start of a planned new franchise across console and mobile from Nintendo. Mm, interesting. Um, I, would be, I would not be surprised at this stage to see if Nintendo were to announce a Dragalia Lost for Switch, which would be scaled up to something like Xenoblade Chronicles in terms oh, yeah. of standard. Um, that wouldn't surprise me, I don't think. Uh, I would be surprised if this was it for Dragalia Lost. It feels like it's a start. Um, and, yeah, I mean, if they do do a Switch one, they better keep that loading screen song. <laughs> I'm sure they will. They better because i'm going to be very upset if that's not in every game i play from now on every single game needs to have that song i don't care if it costs them a million dollars to license it i expect that song to be added to dead or alive via um oh by a dlc within the next week oh wow Harry, when you're listening that'd be great could you imagine fight bopping along with marie rose to that music in the background it'd be great i think it would be anyway. really great to also have the twin tails chick in there so yeah what in dead or alive yeah yeah, Dead or Alive needs more Twin Tails. <laughs> they should all be Twin Tails. There should be a Twin Tails option for all the characters, including the, the men. Uh, including the men. Imagine how awesome Zack would be with these glowingly long, you know, shiny Twin Tails. It'd be or awesome. Or like Brad Long, for example. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's already, he's already got the long well. hair. Should, if they were in Twin Tails, it'd be all right. Oh, gosh. I mean, he's drunk enough all the time. He would do that to himself. Probably. Um, <laughs> on that note, we're going to go to some music. We're going to go to, well, actually, you know what? I'm going to play the song from Dragalia Lost. I'm going to find yeah. it on YouTube somewhere. It's going to be it's going to be the music for this section. So it oh, yeah. suck in all your brains too. Even if you haven't played the game now, you are going to be addicted to this song. So I suck agree. it up. And we'll be back and we'll talk about something a little bit different for the last section of the podcast.
And welcome back, everybody. So for the last section of the podcast this week, we've actually got yet another game that we've had under preview to talk about, which is very exciting. It's not often we get to play all these games before before preview, not in a single week anyway. Um, and of course, I'm talking about Days Gone, the best game ever. No, not actually not. <laughs> I do oh, have a preview. I do like, have is, a preview. Is Matt having a stroke? <laughs> wow. I do have a preview of Days Gone coming. Uh, I believe I can publish it next week. So you can all look forward to my very interesting words about that one without breaking mm. embargoes. But I will have things to say about it next week. As But this week, the one I actually wanted to talk about is Judgment. So I've had a chance to have some hands-on time with that. That's the newest game by the studio behind Yakuza and that Fist of the North Star one that was actually good. Um and Judgment is basically Yakuza 2.0, <laughs> which actually surprised me because from what I'd known about the game going into it, um, I was under the impression that it was a little bit of a different direction for the development studio because it was actually about uh, the legal side <laughs> of mm -hmm. um, <laughs> the, uh, I guess, the Japanese criminal system. It was about you played as a detective um, on the right side of the law as opposed to the Yakuza where you play on very much the wrong side of the law. Um, but Wait, that... please tell me this is Japanese sleeping dogs. No. No. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Actually, oh. no. It, it, it's basically Yakuza. <laughs> the thing is, it is basically Yakuza. So you start out with this great cutscene about how you are this hotshot detective rising up in the world uh, and things are going good for you. You've actually managed the, a miracle and got a defendant off um, from a trial because in Japan, they actually have a conviction rate of 99% when trials occur. So Actually, if you actually manage to get somebody off as a defender, uh, defend, I don't yeah. know, what do you call it defendants? Def what? Public defender. <laughs> yeah, public defender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you get somebody off as a public defender, thank you, lawyer Ginny. Um, <laughs> if you get somebody off, then actually you're a bit of a superstar over there. So that's how it all starts. But then the guy that you got off actually went and killed somebody immediately after getting out. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Actually, by the way that Japanese culture works, you then have to quit in shame and you then play as a guy that's turned into a private eye, um, a private detective, and your first mission is that you're working for the Yakuza. So, oh, um, right. Sleeping dog. Undercover in Yakuza, you know, eventually rises, eventually rises up, you know, gets I don't know how out, the rest of the story Mutual works. respect, you know, it's... it's, it's yeah. You know, sleepy dogs. It's perfect. I, I don't know how the rest of the story works, but yes, <laughs> I was, I was, I went in thinking that judge eyes, or judge eyes, which is what it's called in Japan, judgment. I went in thinking that judgment would be kind of a anti yakuza. It became very much, you know, right down the line of yakuza within the first couple of minutes. And I'm not really complaining because yakuza is one of my favorite JRPG series of all time. Uh, and this is, I guess, this is. Sega sees this as a way of getting new players into it because now all of a sudden, instead of having to play six games in a single series to get the full plot, which is Yakuza 0 through Yakuza 6, now you can actually start with a new story set in the same world um, with some references back to the Yakuza series, but basically this is a fresh start for, this, for the series. Um, and that's a good thing. It takes place in the same city, uh, Kabukicho, no, Kamurocho, I can... Kabuki chose the real world city that the in-game city is based on, um, Kamurocho, and it's got pretty much all the same elements as Yakuza as well. You get to run around, you get to do side quests, which are more interesting than the main quest a lot of the time. Uh, you get to do mini games, and there's so many mini games to play through. Um, and you get to beat lots and lots of street thugs up, which is good. <laughs> lots of them. Uh, there's always a pretty big... Um, encounter rate with these games and yeah that continues with this one as well so not too much has changed it's it's very much a yakuza game through and through just with a different face i guess the guy is actually a very charismatic lead character i really like him um i can't remember his name but he's actually a japanese idol that okay. got that awesome. got face scanned into it uh, yeah he used to be with smap Oh. So he's about 40-something now, um, and he's been actually fully face-scanned in and did all the voice work in Japanese, so it is wow. actually him. It's very much his performance. 
Uh, unfortunately, I was only able to test, test the English localization of it, <laughs> which is which is fine. I mean, Sega is very proud of the localization of these games, and they really wanted to show off how far they've gone with it. Uh, the English localization actually has redone lip sync, so it's fully lip synced to English, wow. and they've got English actors that are um, quite well known, including Matt Mercer and and so on. Um, so they've gone full out with the localization effort. Unfortunately, it just comes across to me as a little bit strange that a guy who's very obviously Japanese, who I've seen in Japanese films, um, suddenly start speaking in unaccented English. It it mm. seems odd to me. It just comes across as very weird. But I'm glad that that option is there for people who don't do subtitles because this obviously Sega sees this as a game that um, can find a new audience, and I think that means that they need to make it as accessible as possible to people who don't usually play Japanese games. I think they've done that. Awesome. Good stuff. Um, I guess for me, because I was really, really looking forward to Judge Eyes and was kind of hoping it was going to be Ace Attorney meets um, <laughs> Yakuza. Like I was hoping there'd be, you know, prosecution plots and interrogations and all that stuff like that. And um, I mean, it's fine that it's not. I, I love the Yakuza series, obviously. Um, because me and JRPGs are just match made in heaven, if I'm not counting Miku. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm actually really interested. So my one thing I really liked about the later Yakuza games is how they the combat was basically very free roaming. Initially, they'd fence you in with a bunch of passerbys who'd cheer you on and stuff and yell at you. But then in Yakuza 6, it was all sort of free roaming again, back to using bicycles and cars to throw people into and smash someone smash someone's head into a microwave at a 7-eleven to kill them like what are we talking about combat wise here is it is it just like a one for one for yakuza yes yeah, so firstly to your first point about it uh you wanted a little bit of ace attorney in there there is one new feature which i did get to test in the first couple of hours first hour or so actually which was my preview uh there are detective sequences where you oh. need to spot clues from a, an area um I don't know if that's just the start of something that builds into something more or how often that kind of pops up. But when you're tailing this guy, um, you're, you're following him around. And at one point, he kind of sort of loses you. And then you've got to figure mm -hmm. out who he is within okay. a crowd. So there yeah. is a little bit of that detective element. I guess that's one way it kind of differentiates itself from where you played as Kiryu, who just went around beating stuff up in the most yeah, sure. enjoyable that's way possible. <laughs> yeah. He, he, uh, this guy has, uh, he does use his detective skills a little bit, and the game does try and remind you that he isn't just a street thug. Um, so that's good. In terms of the combat, it very much feels like I didn't get to fight any of the kind of boss battles, and boss mm -hmm. battles, which were the much more free roaming ones that you're talking about from Yakuza. Mm -hmm. But the street fights themselves are still really interesting because uh, the environments are absolutely loaded with stuff to use mm -hmm. <laughs> to wallop people. So, oh, yeah. Um, the, the the level of detail in the environments means they've actually got more things that you can pick up and hit people with and you can smash their heads against the walls and he has two different stances that he can use in combat one stance mm -hmm. is designed for dealing with crowds um the other stance is designed for one-on-one -on -one combat so you can switch between those on on the fly and um they're both significantly different so they feel they feel different to use um anybody who's played a yakuza game will feel very comfortable with this one in terms of the way the combat works but awesome one of the interesting the other interesting things and i don't know if this is planned to be added in later on or it's uh a, a deliberate thing but there's also less blood for some reason um okay. the yakuza series was famous of course for being very gory in its violence this one has all the violence um in in the same way but it, mm. without the blood which is odd i think it's perhaps Sega's way of trying to differentiate by showing a slightly cleaner game because it's, he's a slightly cleaner character, perhaps. Um, but it was interesting. It still feels very good and it still looks brutal enough. It's just there's not red stuff flying out everywhere when, mm. you, hit a, when you hit a dude in the face with a bicycle. So. <laughs> so, Matt, I don't like the combat that much. So, the best thing I like about the Yakuza series is all the money-making stuff. I like the casinos. I like the, you know, the buying the property. I like all that side of things. How do we make money in this game? 
yeah, that I wasn't able to test. Unfortunately, the mini games and the side quests were all locked off in the demo, oh, which is really unfortunate. Uh, I promised that you know it it has the same amount of stuff in terms of side quests as the previous mm -hmm. Yakuza games, and it is written by the same guy um, that dealt with the Yakuza games, so it's the same creative team. It'll be much the same. I don't know how the money making works. Um, I pulled up the map and I saw roughly what kind of icons were around. So there is Mahjong, for example. You can go and play Mahjong. You can go and play the arcades. There's a couple of new games there. There's Virtua Fighter. And actually, the arcade has like six or seven different games in it now, which is pretty neat. Um, and you can do all those kinds of mini games. I'm not sure if the money-making one that you're mentioning, the real estate buying up one is there. I mean, the real estate one probably won't be there because that doesn't fit with the character. Um, but I'm sure there'll be some other substantial uh, mini side quest thing there. I don't know if there's uh, the hostess clubs. Yeah, there, either, I was going to ask is, about that. <laughs> which is going to be very disappointing to me if there's not. Maybe you can be a customer. I don't see, again, with this character, I don't see him being the kind of character that would necessarily run Go a hostess club yeah, and right. go scouting out girls on the streets. I don't think yeah. he's that kind of guy. Um, but as to why, how they represent the seedy side of that city, and they would need to because that city is a seedy city, both mm. in both in the real world and in the fantasy. Well, may maybe the guy will get like blackmailed. That like maybe it's sort of like you go into one of these places and suddenly they've got leverage on you, and like it leads down this whole trail of like now you have to do all these seedy errands. I don't know. Like maybe. Well, that seems to be the, the main. That seems to be that seems to be the main quest at the moment, Trent. Um, because, like I said, your your first job is to tailor guy to go and get some money that he owes a yakuza guy um, off him. So you beat him up, you get his money, you give it to the yakuza guy. So you're obviously on the take in some way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how all that stuff works. It remains to be seen. I, what I did come away from that demo with was the impression that it's kind of safe in terms of. This, sure. is, this is what that studio does really well. Yeah. They've got they've got this city which people love exploring. Um, they needed to find a new story because without giving away spoilers for spo uh, for Yakuza Six, they kind of wrapped that story up. Yeah, that one's um, understood. <laughs> they needed something new, so they've they've come up with this new character. Um, but they're not. I don't know. They could easily destroy the ending of Yakuza Six and like you know. Don't give it away, Trent. We yeah. do. That's one of those spoilers I'm not going to let you spoil. Um, but, yeah, it, they obviously need a new clean slate. They've started again and without trying to change things too much because what worked worked, um, they're doing this. So I'm, I don't know. I, I'm really keen on it. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I'm going to love it. I'm just a little bit surprised how it's looking at the moment. Yeah, I'm the same, but I'm confident that the more I see of it, it's just going to be like Yakuza 6, you know, like I said, oh, more of the same mold, more of the same mold, but then everything that was basically in it, in the lead up to it, just captured my attention even more. And while I did say, and I, part of me still kind of hopes that they're going to have more investigative stuff in it, or like maybe that it goes further than just kind of, I guess, tracking like we have in The Witcher 3, um, I'm probably still going to love it and get it anyway. Actually, what would be cool is if you could plant evidence. Like, if you could, like, sneak into an air and, like, yeah. plant some evidence and, That's like, true. then that leads to a trial or something. I don't know. Like, yeah, something like that. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously plenty plenty to discover about the story. And Yakuza series or these games always have very interesting winding stories. So they keep you on your toes. For me, it's all about the side quests, really. Um, I like I like the humor of the Yakuza series. And Same, games. Bless. Those so those side quests, as long as they're as funny as they are, because I was much like you when I was going into Yakuza Six. I was like, "Am I really going to get captured by this yet again?" Yeah. Uh, and then the first side quest I do is about um, Kiryu running around because he's got a mobile phone with an AI on it, and the AI is tricking him into doing all kinds of stuff. Um, <laughs> it was a classic. It was a classic side quest. It was really great because it was then, like a modern the, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he tried to delete it, but because it was it had. Uh, because it was such a smart AI and it had achieved Become consciousness, it did everything it could to make sure that he didn't delete it because it didn't want to die. It was it was just hilarious. It was brilliant. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, I'm sure that'll be in judgment as well because how could it not? So on that note, we're going to go to some music from Yakuza. I don't know what. We're going to find something.
and mm. it'll be good because music in Yakuza is pretty damn good. Thank you very much for listening in, everybody. And um, I hope you're looking forward to at least some of the games that we talked about this week. Oh, yeah. It's a good time ahead for video games. We're in for a very good year for the rest of the year, I think. Mm -hmm. And Unless you're going to use all your savings to buy a Samsung Galaxy Fold. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> uh, and in the meantime, while you wait for... <laughs> While you, wait for, while you wait for all of those great games that are coming up to come out, you can go and download yourself Dead or Alive 6 and play it a lot. I'll yeah. see you online probably. Uh, thanks very much, Ginny and Trent, for being on, and we will catch you all next week. Thank you.
cerita 